Today at 3 Eastern on ESPN, don't miss Malika Andrews' conversation with Knicks star Julius Randle. Be sure to check that interview out. Speaking of NBA, tip off your weekend with our next star-studded NBA Friday doubleheader. Julius Randle and the Knicks take on Joel Embiid and the Sixers. 7.30 Eastern, then LeBron, AD, and the Lakers. So John Morant and the Grizzlies. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Quick take on his 20th birthday, Wemby shined, but Giannis got the best of him in a great showing for both bigs. Uh, Stephen A., what message did Wemby send to the league last night? Uh, that he is a future star in this league, that he will be there, and he'll be somebody that you will have to contend with for years to come. Whether that the same applies to the San Antonio Spurs team remains to be seen, but Wemby will have something to say about a lot of things going on in the NBA. Yeah, I think this whole season has been about I am who they said I was. Yeah. And the hype was real. Usually in basketball, because my son plays, you get a lot of hype about these young players, and then you go to the gym, and you don't see it. You see it with winning. I have to point out this important big-time stat on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Averaging 39.4 points per game this season on 64% shooting with 13 rebounds on the second night of a back-to-back -back set. And he's playing an average of 37 minutes with no day to yeah. rest. Mm -hmm. That is a superstar. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we had the fans at home vote last night who they thought had the most impressive night. Was it Jokic, Giannis, or Wemby? The results are in. And uh, Stephen A., unlike your A-list, it's a pretty even Stephen here. See, that's a fans. problem for me. Why is that? Because I think, I think Giannis... Antetokounmpo is overshadowed by the story as opposed to watching the game. That's right. Like that's, and I get it because we all like we in that culture now where we looking for the new thing yeah. to take over. A man just put. Let's not forget what Wimby did was phenomenal. Yeah. Giannis put 44 and points 14. and 14, 14 yeah, yeah, rebounds. Yeah. Like what are we talking and, about? And was in, in a attack win. mode. In, in a, a win. win. And was in attack mode. Yeah, come on, okay, going well, right at. Okay, let's fans. I know. Well, I, know, I, know I know. Everybody's kind of got their guy, I know, right? I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Not you though. Yeah. Not you though. Obviously. Well, it should have been Giannis. Okay. If it was. Let's get to some, some Joker NFL did hit a game winner, though. Right. Entering okay. the last week of the regular season, San Francisco Baltimore have the two best odds to win it all at plus 225, plus 325, respectively, followed by Buffalo and Dallas at 8-1 each. Okay, uh, Swagoo, tell me this. Bigger missed opportunity is Baltimore, uh. the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, or Brock Purdy in those superstars don't win the Super Bowl? This was such a hard question for me. Yeah. Because I understand it from the Ravens' standpoint that they have Lamar Jackson, and he's going to be the league MVP. But I'm going to go with the Niners. And the reason why I came to the Niners is because we've seen this team play in three NFC championships and a Super Bowl and lose them all, right? Uh, and not get the ultimate prize. Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. The playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams. They've lost, I mean, the NFC Championship against the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, last year against the Philadelphia Eagles, you lose all your quarterbacks. I just think they've been on the cusp for so long that we could start kind of Stephen A., honestly. We could start getting around Bill's territory with the opportunities and them not being able to seize the moment. For me, we talked about the 49ers all season long as being the best team. I don't think they're the best team anymore. I think that's the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are the best team in the league. So I understand that from a disappointment standpoint if they don't get it done. 
San Francisco has been at the doorstep for the last five years almost. Think about if San Francisco has won two championships. Would we talk about the Chiefs like we do? Mm-hmm. No. No, we would We would talk about San Francisco being that defiant character in this Patrick Mahomes love affair. So I just I, I put it there with Kyle Shanahan, with this de- with this defense, this offense, and where they've been previously. You're wrong. If the question was bigger missed opportunity, if Ravens or Kyle Shanahan don't win the Super Bowl, you'd be right. 49ers. Not so much. Because when you look at their roster as complete as it is, particularly with the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, who just arrived last year, that was a missed opportunity because they lost four quarterbacks in one season. Mm-hmm. Didn't they even have a quarterback in the NFC Championship game for the last three quarters. We've never seen anything like it where you line up behind center and, the, and it's a foregone conclusion because everybody knows you cannot throw the football because you little, like literally, not, right. not, you not theoretically, you not figuratively, <laughs> literally you did not have a quarterback on the roster. It's unbelievable. It was a damn shame. And we were robbed of what could have been an epic NFC Championship game in Philadelphia Lincoln Financial Field last year, I believe. Having said all of that, I think about Kyle Shanahan, who's been exceptional, obviously, throughout his coaching career. But the one thing that was not that was a knock against him was him in the fourth quarter of Super Bowls, first against the New England Patriots when they gave up a 28-3 lead. Um, and when they, when, you know, when and, he was and, in Atlanta. That's right, when he was in yep. Atlanta as the offensive coordinator and the mm-hmm. play caller, and you throwing the football instead of running the football and using the damn clock. And then, of course, you know, in the Super Bowl, right, when, when Kansas City came back on you. And so you look at it from that perspective, it goes to Kyle Shanahan. I'm going with the Ravens on this particular question because of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, obviously, he got his bag, and he deserved it. He's a superstar and a former league MVP. He deserves it. He's a candidate for league MVP honors this yep. year, and I think he may win this year, okay? And he'll deserve that, too. So when you have that, what was the knock? He's a 1-3 record in the playoffs. But he never had any receivers. He hasn't thrown any Pro Bowl receivers throughout his career, blah, blah, as a starter, blah, blah, blah. He said all of these stuff about him. But we ain't saying that now. I mean, Zay Flowers is a bad brother. Yep. The rookie, right? OBJ can make it. I only had one catch last week, 33 yards. It was a 33-yard catch. catch. That was a big-time catch, Mm -hmm. okay? You see the weapons that he has available to him. He's got a running game. He's got a passing game. You know how mercurial he is. And you got a defense rifle, Rough Riders, that can answer the call against anybody, as they showed against the San Francisco 49ers, along with various others. Blew out Detroit. Blew out Seattle. Blew out, you know, know, uh, San San Francisco, okay? We've seen this. And so when you take all of those things in consideration along with the exceptional coaching of John Harbaugh and the fact, believe it or not, as an aside, the Harbaugh brothers this year could win championships. Your brother Together. You, know, you can win. The little brother can win a national championship and the big brother can win an, an NFL championship, yep. championship. So we got that going on. But we know how great Harbaugh has been throughout the years. So you take all of those things into account. I don't know how you don't look at this for the Ravens, especially with Kansas City having a down year. As a, as, a, as a missed opportunity if they don't get it done. Ah, see, th- I don't know how you do that. Uh, to you, I get the Lamar part of it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you thought about these playoffs, just, just like take these two teams and think about the playoffs, who would you say has an easier path to get to the Super Bowl? It's the 49ers. 
We think the 49ers are more dominant over the NFC teams than the Ravens are over the AFC teams. We think that. You just – we going to have a conversation later as to why <laughs> that's a part of the equation. You look at Cleveland, that's an individual opponent that you may have to play on the way. That ain't easy to do. We saw the 49ers dismantle the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We saw them dismantle everybody in the NFC. Their only losses have come to teams in the AFC pretty much when you look at this season. I think all of them. I think they lost three games to the AFC North, if I'm not mistaken. Cleveland, they lost to Baltimore, and was it Cincy that they lost to? Anyway, we don't think anybody in the NFC can even remotely close, closely come to the 49ers outside of the Cowboys, and we're not sure if that's the case. Yeah. The Ravens could lose before they get there. Even though we saying that's the best team, because this is a but, new but, iteration but, but, of but, but, but you're looking at the season in totality. I'm looking at the momentum shift that has trans, transpired over the last six, seven weeks or so. The Ravens have become the story. A matter of fact, we weren't talking about them enough only because we were talking about San Francisco and how complete San Francisco looked. Then we said in the week leading up to it, this is the game of the year. And we heard how insulted the Baltimore Ravens were because they were running roughshod over everybody and they were an underdog and and people were like, all right, we'll see if they back it up or not. And what did they go out there and do? They bust San Francisco's you-know-what. And so when you look at it from that standpoint – Ever since then, we've all had to humble ourselves and go like this. Damn, this team is on another level right now. That's what we've been saying. And and obviously, we, we, we wouldn't even be talking about Lamar Jackson as the MVP if that game against San Francisco right. had not happened. Right. And so all of that contributes to this being an incredible opportunity for the Baltimore Ravens and specifically Lamar Jackson. And if, God forbid, they lose completely, you know how much pressure is going to be on them once the playoffs starts? Yeah. But, Stephen A., I'm telling you right now, man, the San Francisco team has been at the doorstep the last four years. I agree. Like, I agree. To me, the, the opportunity for you to get back in that game we think is an easier path than you've had recently. And to get in that game against Baltimore. Now, here's the thing, too. If it's Baltimore and San Francisco in the Super Bowl, I don't know this, but do we think they're going to have four turnovers? Do we think the game going to go two tip passes for turnovers, even though I think the second one was a bad pass by Purdy that got tipped and uh, Kyle Allen picked the football off? That game changed in a heartbeat when it came to those turnovers. So let's just, let's just hypothetically think that this game be, is going to be played straight up. Okay. With all of the thought that we had about San Francisco being the most dominant team in football for the large majority of the season. Remember, this Ravens thing just started about three, four weeks ago. Yeah, now, but, I thought they were a really good team early. Right. But San Francisco back in the Super Bowl yeah. and lose? Okay. Or, you, or, or not get there. Or not get there. But I'm telling you right now, if the Ravens and Lamar Jackson don't get there, with Kansas City struggling the way that they have struggled this year, with Miami struggling every time they get away from South Beach, with Josh Allen not even being a Pro Bowl player, with the Pittsburgh Steelers just reminding us they had an offense only two weeks ago because the first 15 weeks they couldn't do uh-huh. that for us, okay? With Cincinnati and Joe Burrow being out, with Justin Herbert being out, with Russell Wilson not working out in Denver, with Trevor Lawrence and them praying they'll win this weekend – just to have a shot of getting in the playoffs. Let me tell you something. If you're the Baltimore Ravens and you don't win this year, it's not going to be so, good. So that whole, I, I'm just telling you that so right that now. So that whole list that you just went through. Right. Right. Now go to the NFC. 
who should beat the 49ers? Well, nobody should, but Dallas got a chance. Why they have a chance? I'm just According saying, to you, well, they well, don't. Well, well, listen, I don't, you're absolutely right. I don't believe they have a chance you think against Dallas San Francisco. on the road? No, I don't believe I'm not picking that up the window. That's what it is. But I'm just saying, I'm not, I would, listen, look at what the Ravens just did to San Francisco. So what if they turn around and they lose? Stephen A., I understand what you're saying, but we got to take into account the fact that this team in in San Francisco has been here. I feel like it's Lamar's year. I feel like it's Lamar year, too. I feel like it's Lamar year. Lamar's year. But when I, I think about disappointment, I'm thinking about a team. Think about the Buffalo Bills won the Super Bowl four times and lost. Yeah. And the yeah. only reason it's, it's, a, it's not, like, talked about because Dallas had that era. But that is the most disappointing thing ever mm-hmm. for a team to go there four times and never get one. Right. Yeah. I'm sure if you ask. So I look at San Francisco kind of in that same vein, right? You've been to NFC Championship after NFC Championship. You've been to a Super Bowl. And let's not forget, the Super Bowl potentially was an overthrown pass away. From beating Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And now you back at this point where we think you are much, much better than everybody in the NFC, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, we not even, we are, it's already a foregone conclusion in people's mind that San Francisco going to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's far gone that Baltimore is. I think it is. I don't think it is. I think it is. I don't think it I is. Think, I don't think anybody's in the AFC looking at the AFC now and thinking somebody other than Baltimore is going to. I think that. I think, I think Cleveland's got a chance. Go. I'd, be neg- I'd, be, I'd be remiss in neglecting the fact that Cleveland has a chance, even with a soon-to-be 39-year-old quarterback in Matt Flag- in Joe Flacco, who won, that. who won a Super Bowl in Baltimore. But their defense is real. Yeah. They got a running game. They got receivers. It really comes down to the age-old Flacco and whether or not so let me, ask you, a the good. Let me ask you this question because I'm sure. trying to fight you on this. Sure. When we start talking about Baltimore, we all agree that they're the best team in the AFC, right? Right now, yes. But to your point, if Baltimore goes to a Super Bowl, which they should because they're the best team, ain't no Josh Allen in the NFC. Mm-hmm. It ain't no Patrick Mahomes in the NFC. It ain't no. Uh, it, according it, to you, is uh, Dak what, Prescott. I mean, maybe not Patrick Mahomes, but don't act like you ain't paying, you ain't comparing Stephen Dak don't Prescott do that. to a Josh don't Allen. Do that. Don't act don't like do you're that. not comparing. Don't oh, so that. you gonna sit up here with a straight face and act like you ain't making that kind of comparison? Josh Allen, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. You want to act a, like that? If we, if we were, if we were going to the playoffs, and you asked me what quarterback I could take, I'm gonna take Josh Allen. Are you kidding me? Okay. Like so, so here's the thing: I'll Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and you got an individual opponent that's playing well with arguably a defense as good as yours. That's a tougher role, bro. Okay. Than San Francisco. Okay. Okay. Are you gonna be nervous when San Francisco if San Francisco play Detroit? Are you gonna be worried about anything? No. When they play Dallas at home, are you worried about San Francisco losing that game? No, I'm not. What about the Rams? Hmm. No. I'm, no, I, I like what I'm seeing from the Rams, but, and, but I, no. and I give them a shot because they've got they've got it is a division rivalry. But I I'm How? telling you I'm telling you right now I'm not worried about anybody in the AFC against. So Baltimore. if I told you in the playoffs, Josh Allen might walk in there, Patrick Mahomes might walk in there, I'm, and uh, a divisional I'm opponent. I'm telling you with, right now, with what I've seen from this Baltimore team, I'm not concerned. Okay, based on what I've seen from what they've done in the AFC okay. this year. For you, is it Niners and then a huge drop off the rest of the NFC? In the NFC, yeah. Yeah. When the Niners are playing. And not as significant in the AFC with the Ravens? Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's that significant. Interesting. I don't. So I don't. Are you because the of, because of the quarterback. So essentially it's the Niners and yes. then a distant second, everybody else. Yes. And then for the Ravens. It's the Ravens and a distant second for everybody. Oh, really? I don't, I don't See, have he's it like thinking that. it's the, Ra- the AFC's think, a little think, thicker. I, I, We're we going to have a conversation later, but I think if those quarterbacks walk in your house, you got they got a chance to win the game. Okay. okay. 
I don't think it – I think that can play a great game and still lose to the 49ers. Right. If Mahomes play great or Josh Allen play, play great, yeah. I think their teams can win that game against Baltimore. Well, in Mahomes' case, he can't play great because the receivers can't catch. Well, I mean, okay. you know, it may be one Sunday for three hours. Okay. It's been great to have you on a Friday, I'm just going to say. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mm, check out this amazing ESPN Monday lineup live from Houston. Side of this year's national championship. Let's go. It all starts with Stephen A., Shannon Sharp, yours truly live from NRG Stadium at 10 a.m. Eastern on first take. We'll be followed up by a full lineup, including the one and only Pat McAfee. So we've got the Pat McAfee Show and College Game Day all before the big game between number one Michigan and number two Washington. And you know who we want to talk to that about, this guy. We welcome in the mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum, the one and only. Paul, I like that fit. It's looking fresh, my friend. It does. It does. Yeah. How you, you doing, Ben? How you doing, Mr. Feinbaum? It looks great. Uh, okay, I, I'm, so- I'm, I'm just doing great. <laughs> uh, we're just days away from the big game, obviously. Paul, would you be surprised if Washington upset Michigan? I would be. Uh, and Molly, I'll spare you, Marcus, the whole world, uh, all the attributes. Uh, they're, they're a really good team, but they, but they were also on the verge the other night of, of maybe the biggest choke job I've ever seen. And that concerns me, the way they let that game get away. I think Steve Sarkeesian waited, wasted way too much time. He had a couple of key fumbles, but he could have done a lot more running on them, attacking them, and he didn't. And I think Michigan will do that. Uh, they're, they're a phenomenal team, but I, I, I really worry about how Washington sets up against the physicality of Michigan. Now, again, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit uh, biased, having, having just gotten back and watched on the sidelines Michigan manhandle a team that I thought was in much better shape and much faster. None of that turned out to be true. 
Well, see, here's the thing, Paul. I, I, I respectfully disagree with you. I think Michigan's going to win this game, but it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if Washington upset, and it was in large part because of the analysis that you were breaking down a bit earlier this week after watching Michigan against Alabama. I'm looking at the Washington uh, – I'm looking at Washington Huskies. I'm saying to myself, excuse me, a three-headed monster at the wide receiver spot. Spitsky Penix Jr. can flat-out throw the football. Dylan Johnson, we hope that he's going to be healthy for Monday night. He says he should be ready. But the biggest thing you kept emphasizing – was their offensive line, one of the best in the nation, and they protect their quarterback. Sure. Well, what was the problem with Alabama? We could talk about everything with Alabama. Obviously, Michigan, bunch of rough riders, defense is elite, give them a lot of props. They look like the number one team in the nation. They deserve it. The flip side to that, however, was this, Paul, and I reminded everybody of this the other day. With three minutes left, the Alabama Crimson Tide were up. They were winning the game. It was a national championship. And this was after their offensive line was so horrible they were offensive. This is, a, this is after you had a center that counted at least five snaps where he missed. At least five snaps. And at least two drives he ruined. And, oh, by the way, the, last, the very last play of the game, it was a low snap to the right foot. Uh, 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 of Jalen Milrow. So I'm looking at it from the standpoint that if Alabama's offensive line showed up, we might not even see Michigan in the national championship game. Washington can score. They can protect their quarterback. They can throw the football. If they put Michigan in a situation where Michigan has to score points, then we're talking about J.J. McCarthy. What you going to do? And I think it could get very, very interesting. And that's what I think is appealing about this Monday Night National Championship game, Paul. Stephen, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there because I, I, I came away down on Alabama, but, but in talking to people inside that program, they still felt like they were better than Michigan. And, and that, that is an aspect that does support your argument. I'm not here to help you win arguments. You do a pretty good job of that yourself. But there, there is some concern. And, and quite frankly, the, the team that, that we're not talking about because they're not there, because they didn't get invited, might be better than all these two. And that's Georgia, because Georgia really uh, just totally screwed up and, and wasted right. an opportunity I don't want to hear about against Georgia. Alabama because – no, no, but I'm just making a point that if you do a pecking order of who really are the best teams in the country, but you have to get there, and they didn't. But it, it, listen, I, I think I, I think Michigan is just going to impose their will uh, in spite of uh, the offensive line. I I, I just I'm, I hate to read keep repeating myself about what I saw, but it, it was a scary sight to see. And I just don't know if, if Washington, even though they played a lot of really tight games and they've won those tight games, mm -hmm. but they, they have lived right. on the edge all year. I mean, they beat, what was it, Arizona State 15-7? to Games like that concern me, Stephen A. Got you. Listen, Molly, I know yeah. we got to move on, but last point, I want to take a moment to give Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart props. Mm -hmm. They don't get to the national uh, college football playoffs. They don't get to the national championship game. They show up to a bowl game. They ramrod FSU. Right. Why? Because they showed up and played, even though they were two-time reigning defending national champions that knew they were one of the top two teams in the nation but didn't get in the postseason. But Florida State University got 29 players that don't even show up. Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart honored honored the sport. FSU did not. Go ahead. Absolutely did. First class. Uh, Paul, let's get to the team that Michigan beat. So you had some really interesting comments about Nick Saban and his future. Let's take a listen to those. 
For Nick Saban, it feels like he's very close to the end. And, and I know a lot of people in Tuscaloosa are worried right now. Saban's back in town after the trip from California. What is he thinking about? Is he, he yes, yes, he just had a great recruiting year, but he can't stand the portal. He can't stand NIL. And you just have to wonder whether that was his, fair, uh, his swan song the other night. It very well could have been. All right, S.A., yeah. uh, what do you think? Do you think Nick Saban could retire? I want to preface my comments by saying I have no inside knowledge about this. <laughs> okay, I have not spoken to <laughs> Nick Saban. I okay. will reach out to speak to him in the days to come because I love me some Nick Saban. But do I believe he's going to retire, Paul Farnbaum? Hell no. I do not see it. The Nick Saban, <laughs> the Nick Saban that, 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 that I know, the Nick Saban that's had me down a couple of times to speak to the team, the Nick Saban that, that I've had a couple of private conversations with, you understand, that has enlightened me about the man that he is and, 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 and just talking to me about the world of sports and beyond. I got to tell you something. That the competitive fervor in that man, uh, he's not bowing out like this. Now I want to, I want to remind everybody, he's 72 years old. Okay, this is not Bill Belichick, 72 years old. This is Nick Saban, 72 years old, the seven-time <laughs> national champion, six at Alabama, six national titles, 201 and 29 overall record, 10 or more wins in 16 straight seasons. His record in the SEC is 117. And 18, I'm going to say that again, 117 and 18. And because this man hasn't won a national title over the last three years and because he may be a bit perturbed with the changing times with the NIL and the transfer portal, last time I checked, these brothers just thought that they were the better team and they should be playing in Monday night's national championship game because they were one of the final four teams in the nation. I do not believe that this man for one second is walking away from the sport. I would be shocked if Nick Saban walked away from Alabama and from coaching and walked into the retirement. I've seen nothing, not a scintilla of evidence that tells me that this man is going to walk away. I don't believe it. Stephen A., I did make those comments, and I made them 51 hours ago. Things have changed since then. Uh, okay. He, he is no one's he's, counting, he, though. <laughs> um, Nick, Nick Saban was very tired this season. Uh, I don't know whether that's six, because he's 72 or because he got sick after the SEC championship game and he's recruiting. All the things that we already know and every coach has to do. And the people around him were worried. I, I heard it from people that work for him. Be careful. You know, watch him. At, at, in Pasadena, see how he handles it. He handled it well. Uh, he nearly won the game. Uh, we're not here to quibble about the end of the game. That's already been done. Uh, but you said something. He, he hasn't won in three years. That, that's breaking news in Alabama because he used to win about every other year. Sure. And we were used to it and the fans were used to it. But it's a different world now. There was a feeling out there, Stephen A., that if he won that game and then went to Houston and won on Monday night, this is a different story, then he would have walked away because it was such a perfect ending. But Nick Saban, as you said, he doesn't care about perfect endings. He, he, he's, he's, he's hosting a recruiting weekend this weekend. He's trying to get more recruits. He knows what he has to do. There will be some changes on the staff. And, and I think a couple of days is a big thing. He, he's had a chance to reflect, and I agree with you. Nobody's more competitive. The difference is the game has changed, right. and he's not going to win it every other year. Remember when he and Dabo were going back and forth. It, it's incredible. But 
I think it would be more difficult to win, but I think the 12-team playoff inspires him and energizes him, right. and he will likely be back. Paul, Paul, do you remember when you were messing with me last year because Nick Saban had me come down and talk to the, talk to the football team? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about that. Well, here's what I didn't say. Prior to the speech to the players, Nick Saban had me in his office for about an hour. We spoke one-on-one. Actually, my brother-in-law, Darren Ode, he was there with me as well. We were sitting in the office. And Nick Saban started talking to me about the principles of winning and of and winning in life, not just in the games. And he talked about change, how it's inevitable, especially when you win, because people are usually coming up with obstacles to derail you. And he said the true winners, this was Nick Saban, he said the true winners are the ones who keep on going, who adapt and adjust and find new ways to give familiar results. Yeah. That's what I'm leaning on. When I heard Paul Feinbaum alluding to potential retirement, because I said the Nick Saban that I sat in front of, that I spoke to, there is no way he would leave under these conditions. If his health was compromised, that's different, okay? If, if stuff has gotten so chaotic that it's impossible for him to succeed, okay, because it's just not a fair and equitable system, not even anything remotely close to it, that's different. Okay. But that man? Yeah. No. No, consistent, resilient, and evolves. Uh, Paul, we got to roll. Oh, just, oh, well, Paul, you're quick. Go ahead. One, one, one question. I just, I just want to say this, and I've said it before, but Stephen A., back to your speech to the team. Saban has told me, other people there have told me, he's had Kobe, he's had everybody on the face of the earth coming down there, including Mike Tyson, Pete Rose, year after year. He, he told me, and other people have told me, the best single speech that, that he's ever had speaker that he's ever had speaking to the University of Alabama football team is Stephen A. Smith. Wow. wow. I didn't Stephen know. A. Kobe is probably like my favorite of all time. I, no one I have more respect for, how he carried himself as a man and everything. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That is a huge compliment, especially speech. coming from Paul Feinbaum. Well, I know he's a special talent, but that's, that's next level. That's all right, we got to go. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The road 
to Super Bowl 58 will have to go through Baltimore. If you're in the AFC with a blowout, 56-19 win over Miami last Sunday. That was unbelievable. The Ravens won the AFC North, clinched the number one seed in the AFC, earning a first-round buy and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Chiefs locked up the number three seed in the AFC. Head coach Andy Reid already announced Patrick Mahomes will rest for the final week of the regular season, giving Blaine Gabbert the start. Okay, Marcus, who would you rather have in the playoffs? Lamar Jackson. I didn't even get to ask. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson right now is playing the position at a higher level than anybody. Over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, not the history of Patrick Mahomes right now. Right now is the key term. Mm -hmm. Right now, because of what he's afforded, because of how he's using those weapons. And remember, we just saw, mm -hmm. what, like we talked about earlier, we saw Lamar Jackson dismantle the San Francisco 49ers and make that defense look yep. different. We just saw him dismantle the Miami Dolphins to the tune of almost, what was it, 40-plus or 50 points yep. in that game. We see what the Ravens are now, that he's in a passing game that's sufficient and one that can be highly explosive with people around him. And two, like the fear that Patrick Mahomes strikes in you from his ability to make a play with his arm is the same fear Lamar Jackson strikes in you when he can get outside of the pocket and make tremendous plays. And now he's just afforded to have guys that can go downfield and he can use his arm to make those plays as opposed to the run game when he chooses so. And that's, to me, what makes him the guy that I would want because of this iteration of this offense and the guys that's around him. Now he can take full advantage of who he is as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson was limited mm -hmm. in the offense for the the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. I think this team would have challenged the Kansas City Chiefs if they were in this particular situation offensively a number of years before it got to this point. I think now we're just seeing what Lamar could actually be in an offense that's up to speed, wide open, with guys around him that can create. Stephen A., this is my last point. Do you know last year when the Baltimore Ravens were playing a game and they lost their receivers, that they had to put Mark Andrews at wide receiver? That's right. Mm. That's yeah. how bad yeah. it was That's with people it was around unbelievable. him. So, to me, Lamar right now, the way he's playing and with what he's afforded. I don't agree with you, but it's not a debate. It's a preference. It's a preference. And here's why I don't agree with you, because that explains why Lamar Jackson might be one and three in the playoffs. That may explain why – He's got the third lowest playoff passer rating over the last 20 years behind only Andy Dalton and Rex Grossman. Minimum 125 pass attempts, of course. That might explain those things. You know what it doesn't explain? The greatness of Patrick Mahomes. 6-0 wild card and divisional playoff games. All-time highest passer rating in NFL postseason history at 107.4. Okay, we're looking at an 11-3 postseason record. We're looking at five conference championship games. We're looking at three Super Bowl appearances, two mm -hmm. Super Bowl titles. We see all of these different things. What I'm saying to you is I don't care how great Lamar Jackson is looking right now. If you're telling me the Baltimore Ravens, over the Kansas City Chiefs all day, every day. If you're asking me to specifically compartmentalize and engage in specificity and say Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes on their own merits, you would say right now because you don't want to. You, you're saying history was history, but this is now. My problem is I've seen too many 
nuggets of evidence throughout NFL history where history plays a role in playoff performances. Mm -hmm. What we see is what we continuously see as palms get sweaty, backsides get tight, and and, and, and crunch time arrives. We've seen it. We've seen people tighten up. And when you see somebody that you look at in a Patrick Mahomes and you literally bring up names like Montana – and Marino and Young and, 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 and so many other great quarterbacks throughout NFL history, the Aaron Rodgers of the world and others, and you say this dude is that guy. I can't sit here with this dude in his prime just because receivers are dropping his passes and say to myself on a given Sunday, it's Lamar Jackson that I would want more than Patrick Mahomes. Anybody else, fine, but not Patrick Mahomes. All right, so let me ask you this. Not Patrick Based Mahomes. on that premise, I got you. I understand what you're saying. And we're getting into history, and I'm talking about right now, and you're saying it's a preference. So when this thing started with Patrick Mahomes, right. and it was him and Tom Brady, yep. right, going at it in those games, and, and Tom Brady beat him, when we had a question, this, this was a – let me remind you, this was an MVP season for Patrick Mahomes. What quarterback would you rather have had? You would have stayed with Tom Brady as opposed to what you had saw right then from Patrick Mahomes? Yes, at that okay. time. All right. At that time. That, yep. I got you. At that time. I got Remember you. when Patrick Mahomes couldn't get the ball back because Tom Brady? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? Yep. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, they made a lot of money, and I want to help you at home make some money. It's time for Sportsbooks <laughs> Predictions. Let's get paid, folks. First, Marcus, will C.J. Stroud have more or less than 258 and a half passing yards against the Colts? I think he'll have more against the Colts. Colts play a lot of zone. C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal against zone. He's played well all season long. And there's no reason for me to believe that they won't put the ball in his hands to win this game for Houston. Remember how I told you I was wishing Miami get the ass kicked? Mm-hmm. I'm rooting just for as hard for Houston to win. To win. I love C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. If Anthony Richardson was still in there in that line, that would be different. But I don't want to see some Gardner Minshew or somebody in the playoffs instead of C.J. Stroud. I want this brother in the playoffs. I'm rooting for the Texans. I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud putting up over 258 yards. Like that brother's the truth. All right, let's go. Uh, George Pickens, will he have more or less than 50 and a half receiving yards? Swagoo. It'll be more because, if, first of all, I think Ravens are resting a lot of guys. I don't know who they resting on the defensive side of the ball, but I assume they will. And then, too, Mason Rudolph understands where his bread is going to be buttered if Pittsburgh is going to have a chance yeah. to get in the playoffs. They have to win this game. This game is going to be about playmakers. It's going to be about their run game and also Deontay Thompson. But the big play guy is George Pickens. One pass can put him over this. Ravens are not playing anybody, and they're smart not to. I wouldn't allow Lamar Jackson in the stadium. No. Stay uh-uh. home. Stay home. I don't even want you to order Uber Eats. Don't go out. I, don't go out. <laughs> I don't want you walking around with no slippers. Nope. You understand what I'm saying? I want you laying on your couch. I don't want you doing anything. No. I'm not, I don't want anything to get him hurt. They're not playing anybody. You need the an Uber Eats deal. I hope you get an Uber Eats deal just so I can have Uber Eats delivered here during the show. Okay, how about Josh Allen? This one's really fast. More or less than 35 and a half rushing yards versus Miami Sunday night. More. This team has become a running football team. If people have been paying attention, Josh has I believe eight touchdowns in the last, but he's using his legs to get himself out of trouble like he always has. Yep. It's just a smarter and more conservative e- effort now. I think he goes over 35 yards, not because he's going to necessarily have to. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a play or two there to be made for him to mm-hmm. take off, and he will. He's been running more than he's been, he's been, been passing. Absolutely. When it comes to touchdowns, he's got eight touchdowns, yep. uh, runs and five touchdown passes over the last five games. You know, yeah, he's going to run a football more than 35 passes. That should be easy money. Go. Money, easy money. Easy money. That That's what we're easy. trying to make happen. She says she Got to go. Got to go. Two guys drove to work. 
Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. The Los Angeles Lakers have dropped three straight heading into tonight's matchup versus the Grizzlies over the last 10 games. The Lakers are 2-8 while shooting 47% from the field. Brian Windhor is back here with us. Wendy, do you expect the Lakers to make any big changes soon? I don't think that they want to. I'm going to say three things. Number one, they have 11 of their next 12 games. They're in a stretch here where they're in Los Angeles. So I don't think any big decisions are being made until after we see what happens during this stretch. They've had a bit of a rough schedule away from home. I know that they just dropped a game against the Heat, who were battered. Let's see where they go during this stretch, especially tonight uh, on ESPN against the Grizzlies. That's a game they really, really need to win. Number two, Stephen A., I don't think Rob Palinka wants to make changes to this roster. I think he likes a team that is based in defense around the superstars. Now, the Lakers are not playing the same level of defense that they did last year. When they made those trades last year, they were a top-three defensive team the rest of the season. They were a top-defensive team in the playoffs. They haven't been the same defensive team, but I think Rob Palinka likes the way this team is structured, even though they can't shoot. Nobody's going to claim that they do. And I think he likes the way that they're defensive base. The other thing is, I think he learned a lesson from the three-for-one trade he had to make for Russell Westbrook. I don't think he wants to repeat that. And some of the names that are getting bantied around with the Lakers, whether it's Zach Levine or DeJounte Murray, would require a hollowing out of their, of their depth, which you, you know, I know you argue you don't think their depth players are any good. And that's a fair assessment, but but I just and I also think Rob Palinka is a big believer in Darvin Ham. I know there's some rumblings about Darvin, and some players are are a little bit you know on edge a little bit about his rotations. Right. Rob Palinka has extra, extraordinary faith in Darvin Ham, and he's going to give him opportunity. Well, but the third thing, Stephen A, is where I have an uncertainty, and that's LeBron. LeBron went silent the other night. He doesn't talk to the media. Now, it's one thing to not talk to the media as a superstar player after a blowout win. That happens. When LeBron doesn't talk to the media, you start making me wonder. And Kendrick Perkins was was saying on TV yesterday that he heard that LeBron's gotten dark on their team group chat as well. And in January, when LeBron gets going, Stephen A., it Mm -hmm. makes it unpredictable what's going to happen. So I don't think they want to do anything, but watch 23. Watch social media and all that other stuff. Let me chime in here. Because we, we don't have too much time. I don't want to hear that from LeBron James. You got your chip. They gave you Anthony Davis. They gave you Russell Westbrook. They gave you a few other players. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. You were just in the Western Conference Championship. You were just in the Western Conference Finals. I don't want to hear that. I also don't want to hear a damn thing. I don't want to hear a damn thing about Darvin Ham. This man just took y'all from when you made the trade for Hachimura and ultimately acquired D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt, you went 18-8. and eight. You had the second-best record in basketball to the Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of the regular season, and y'all went to the Western Conference Finals. So those out there that talk about Darvin Ham's job security, shut the hell up. And if the Lakers, you think you hear me roar, let them go ahead and fire Darvin Ham. You will, I promise you, you won't hear me roar louder than I will that day because there's no way in hell I want to hear about that man being on the chopping block or his, his, his job is in jeopardy. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, he's going 
going to try different rotations or what have you. You're going to experiment because guess what? Nobody else is working. I didn't say the other guys weren't talented, Wendy. I didn't say they weren't good. I said they're betraying Anthony Davis and LeBron James because they're not doing what we know them to be capable of doing. That's different than you not being able to play. I didn't say that. Yeah. I know they can play. They're just, they're just, they're just being like, they're looking like hot garbage right now. Anthony Davis is one of three players averaging 30 and 12 next to Giannis and Embiid. LeBron James is one of only two players averaging 25, 9, and 7, you know, since the in-season tournament, that is, outside of Luka Doncic. And the rest of these guys don't show up. They're shooting like 35, what is it? They're 24th in the league in three-point percentage shooting. It's an embarrassment of, of how they have been playing. They look distracted. They don't seem nearly as focused. There's no level of urgency. That Now, Darvin Ham has to assist in fixing that. So does Rob Palenka, but so does LeBron James. Hell with that. You were just in the conference finals. I don't want to hear about that. I don't blame him for being upset. But be upset at your teammates for disappointing you and not showing up to do what you know they're capable of doing. Don't act like change needs to be made. And you got to need to go and take Zach Levine's 43 and $46 million deal over the next two years and then accept the player option at $49 million when his health is questionable. Or DeJounte Murray coming up in there because D'Angelo Russell wants to be comatose, looking like he's chilling in Marina Del Rey or something all the damn time instead of playing basketball. They can play. Play. Do your job. That's what this comes down to for the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's what keep the damn team intact. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. We got a wild show, you know. You know, we have a lot of laughs, except for when, you know, you, you, you know, you, you kind of rude, you know what I'm saying? They, they cut me off and stuff. What are they? You don't do that to anybody else. You don't do it to anybody else. Anybody else is please, please. I, the whole please, clip please. was me With calling me. people out. You know Dan sniffing the shoes. Not at all. Uh, but you gave him the shoes. You gave him the shoes and you didn't seem to complain about him sniffing the shoes. Why is that? What? Dan had a foot fetish. Okay. Dan, Dan Alofsky no, has a foot fetish. You didn't even bring that up. Really? Is that really what we're doing? I'm just saying what that's I'm, what he is. I'm going to be in Houston on Monday for the National Championship game with Shannon Sharp. I don't know if Stephen A's invited yet, but Shannon and I will be there. Y'all can be there without Monday. me.